Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Hunter got more than I thought that he would. Hayward out means all hands on deck this Sunday. And one analyst says the Falcons have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Hmm. We'll talk about that. It's all next on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now hitting hard is brought to you by bet online we ask you to head to youtube.com put locked on sports atlanta in that search browser when you get to our page hit the subscribe button leave us a comment we are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms including spotify odyssey download us leave us a five-star review for free today check us out as well roku and amazon fire available on those platforms and follow me at jmch316 well we got word the other day about deandre hunter and the extension that he got Four years and $95 million. Wow. Okay. So that comes out to $23.75 million per year. Now, we talked on this podcast and talked in multiple places. I thought Hunter was probably going to be maybe 14 to $16 million, maybe about $15 million. Some people thought he'd be like 12 to 14 I thought, nah, that's not high enough. It's probably going to be more like $15, $16 million. And then he goes and gets $23.75 million. Now, good for DeAndre Hunter, man. Good, good for the young cat to get all of that money. Now it's time to get it going. So, look, this is the number one stat that has to be brought up, right, with DeAndre Hunter. In three seasons in the NBA, it's 139 games. It's 63, 23, and 53. Yeah, understand there was a pandemic mixed in and this, that, and the other, but... This is really betting on the potential, right? I, I, I think that number probably moved up a few million dollars in that final game against Miami last year in the playoff series where he had such an outstanding performance and you saw his offensive capability. We know that the defense is there, right? And, and we kind of made some comparisons last year to some different guys. We know that the defense is there. We know he's their best wing defender. You know, he came out of college as the best defensive player in America, the best on-ball defensive player in America. So we've always assumed and understood and, and known that. Now can his offensive game match all of that as the Hawks get ready to open up the new season tonight? Career average, 13.2 points per game, four rebounds. This is all about betting on what he can be. And obviously, you know, in that, whole plethora of all the top tier picks that that the uh, Hawks had there for several years. You know, he was the fourth overall draft pick, what, in uh, 2019. You know, he's done some good things, but okay, now you're uh, you know about to be a $24 million player. And obviously this all avoids the idea of any sort of restricted free agency like they were going to run into with John Collins a couple of seasons ago, right? I mean, so we get past all of that. But he got a good bit more than I thought he was. All right, youngster, go get him now. And look, he is certainly one of the keys. We can talk about Trey and John and DeJounte Murray now, but they need DeAndre Hunter to do two things. One is stay healthy for the whole season. 
you know, even if his offensive game doesn't take off to the next level, certainly if he's healthy and he's on the court to guard the best guys, that alone is worth some bucks and, and worth something to this team, right? For a team that hasn't been a very good defensive team, you're hoping with DeJounte Murray, who was, what, a second team all-defensive player a couple of years ago? You're hoping with Hunter, okay, and, and him staying healthy, okay, and Capella staying healthy, okay, we can start to turn the narrative about how bad this team is defensively. But I think they're looking at that final game against Miami in the playoffs and saying, that's the DeAndre Hunter that we need. That's what we're going to pay for. That's what we're going to give him 4 and 95 for. So good for DeAndre Hunter, but this is really going to be, I think, one of those swing seasons because you start to get four years into your career and you're not playing a full season. Then the, okay, he's always hurt narrative, always beat up. All of that narrative starts becoming fair, okay? Because at this point, we're past the pandemic and all the things that have slowed people down. You know, he was one of the guys that even missed some time last year with COVID and this, that, and the other. Okay, I got that. And and we fought through it and we did what we have to do. But I really do believe that the X factor in are the Hawks going to be a top three, four, five seed, or are they going to be fighting for one of those bottom stuff, bottom uh, positions like they were last year where they were struggling just to get into the playing round, the difference, the X factor to me is going to be what DeAndre Hunter does. Can he stay healthy? Can he be on the court? Can he elevate his offensive game? You know, you would hope that with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, a couple of guys who can really handle the basketball and can distribute, and we saw little glimpses and things like that through the preseason with John Collins getting a chance to elevate his game, Right. And look, without bogey, you're going to need some offense on this team. You know, Hunter will start, but you certainly, you know, now you don't have Herder. Now you don't have bogey for a little bit. You don't have Gallinari. You don't have some guys who could give you some offensive production, whether it's in your starting lineup or whether it was coming off the bench. Well, now Hunter has to assume some of that role because I expect Murray and Trey to get their points. I expect Collins to be, probably somewhere in that 18 to 20 range. I don't know if he's going to be much more than that, but I expect him to be somewhere 18 to 20. But can DeAndre Hunter start to get into the 18 to 20 kind of range? Can he give me five to seven points a night more than what he was giving me? I think that's the hope, right? That's the hope is that he is going to elevate himself into one of the better two-way players in the NBA. He's got some things figured out on the defensive side of the basketball. That's good. That's what he was brought in for. That's how he got drafted as high as he did. Now we need to see what we saw at the end of the Miami series, that offensive production. And now he's got the big money. Now he's got the locked-in contract, right? No pun intended. Now he's got his, you know, scratch hole, and he's set and taken care of, and he's got $95 million coming to him in a great city to have $95 million in, right? So obviously the Hawks get things cranked up and underway tonight. They'll play three games at home to start off the season before they head on the road for five games, I believe it is, starting in Detroit. But this is, look, we're not going to base the season and overreact on what we see tonight. But playing the Houston Rockets, who are one of the most god-awful franchises in the entirety of the NBA, 
I would love nothing more tonight than the Hawks opening the season on their home court in front of their fans. A lot of excitement and anticipation. A lot of excitement with DeJounte Murray and the moves that the Hawks made. I would love for the Hawks to go out tonight and flex their muscle. Go out there and beat the brakes off of a disgraceful, despicable Houston Rockets organization. Go out there and kick the crap out of those guys tonight. And let's see if Hunter can be one of those pieces that hopefully his offensive game takes that next step and can match his defensive game as well. I want to talk about my friends over at BetOnline. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. College football starts tonight. Georgia State, you want to go local? You want somebody local? Cool. Georgia State's going to play tonight. Tech plays tomorrow. So here we go. Wednesday, getting into Thursday tomorrow. You already got local games you want to get in on the action in. BetOnline.net is the place to go. What makes it great is you take that mobile device. Super handy, super easy, right? We live our life on that mobile device. Take the mobile device. Head to BetOnline.net today. Check out all of the information that they have. You want e-betting. You want scores. You want podcasts. You want news. You want this. You want that. Everything that you need to be smarter in sports wagering is available at BetOnline.net. And you can get in on the action. You went college football, baseball playoffs started up last night, right? We got the NLCS that cranked up last night. College football starts tonight, tomorrow, running through the weekend. We're neck deep in it now. NFL season rolling right along. Don't look now. The NBA started last night. You want to get in on daily action? Cool. Everything's available at betonline.net. So take that mobile device, head to betonline.net today. It's where the action starts. Well, we got bad news yesterday in Falcons land as the other starting corner for the Atlanta Falcons, Casey Hayward, went on IR, and it looks like he's going to have to have shoulder surgery. So besides being on the short-term IR, which is a minimum of four games, who knows? He's probably going to be out for a little bit longer period than that. And, of course, we saw the emergence of Isaiah Oliver last week back in the fold, got the interception right. D. Alford has played really well. Well, now that you have Hayward on IR, listen, it is all hands on deck this weekend. Now, of course, we'll preview the game when we get to the end of the week, but a couple of early things to know about this game, okay? So the Falcons for the season are 12th in the NFL as far as coverage grades go in pro football focus. So they are 12th overall in the NFL with a 65.1 grade. Now, that's higher than A.J. Terrell himself. And A.J. Terrell has had a bit of a regression this year. Now, not all of it has been his fault as far as some of the catches and throws, especially in that Saints game. But A.J. Terrell has allowed seven touchdowns on the 40 targets that have been against him this season. His grade, which was in the 80s last year, is down at around 57 this year. But the flip side of that is we talked about this last week, I believe it was, Richie Grant has emerged as a good covered safety. And Jalen Hawkins, he got a, you know, he obviously got the touchdown score the other day. So there are other pieces, but you're going to have to be all hands on deck this week when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at how they mix the ball around. Start with their running back. You know, Mixon has caught 24 passes out of the backfield for 149 yards and a touchdown. So they dump it off to him a lot. 
Samaji Pirine, another one of the running backs, he's got 12 receptions out of the backfield. And then obviously you get into Jamar Chase, which the one thing about Jamar Chase that is a little bit different this year, he had the big game last week, but going into last week, his yards per reception were actually pretty low. They were significantly lower year over year. Even after the Saints game, he's only at 12.2 yards per reception, which for a guy like him is not a very high number. I mean, put it this way, you know, Julio in his prime was averaging, you know, 16, 18 yards per reception, right? So his yards per reception is down, but he has a whole crap ton of targets and, and catches. He's been targeted 63 times already this season with 39 receptions. And then mix in their other wide receivers. T. Higgins has 26 catches. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, excuse me, has 21 catches. Even Hayden Hurst, remember him from the last couple of years here in Atlanta? Remember Hayden Hurst? Okay, he's got 23 receptions on the season. So one thing about this Bengals team is that we know they love to throw it, but Burrow does a great job of spreading the love around. You know, you look right now, they've got, what, five guys that have 20 or more receptions, including one of their running backs, and then Piran is a guy that has double-digit receptions. So five guys have at least 20 receptions for this team, and there's another guy with double-digit receptions. So Burrow... It's sort of reminiscent about when we saw Matt Ryan in 2016 have all that success, right? He was willing to spread the ball around to everybody. You know, nobody wasn't a target for Matt Ryan in 2016. What was it? He had nine or 10 guys that caught touchdown passes from him in that season. Burrow this year has a lot of that. And he's off to a pretty good start when you look at yardage and touchdowns and things like that. His completion percentage, you know, is maybe down just slightly a little bit, but still, you know, he's at 67% completion percentage. But look, obviously they want to huck it around. I mean, and they have an offensive line that has not played very well this year and Burrow's still getting sacked. And remember he had, what was it? 51 sacks, I believe a year ago. He's already been sacked 21 times this year. Now think about that. We're about to be in our, what? Seventh game of the season and he's already had 21 sacks on the season. But it's a big loss with Hayward being out because now you really got to get Terrell to play a big game. You need D. Alford. You're going to need Isaiah Oliver. You're going to need some of those guys to play a lot of snaps on Sunday. Maybe more than what you'd ideally like to put those guys in, and it'll be curious to see. Look, Darren Hall played pretty well last week, but how confident are you that Darren Hall can go out there and shut somebody down for an entire game. You know, playing 15, 20% of the snaps here, there, sprinkle here, and putting them in a good situation is one thing. Having to be the guy that lines up on the outside for an entire game, knowing that the offensive coach knows that you're the guy on the other side of A.J. Terrell, you expect a guy like Darren Hall to get picked on a lot. So it really has to be all hands on deck coming up this Sunday. And hopefully Michael Walker is back too. Obviously today, Wednesday, they're back at practice today. Won't be concerned about Michael Walker until we get to Friday. Again, if he's not practicing Friday, he ain't going to make the trip as far as being up with the Falcons. 
but you're going to need a Michael Walker in a game like this. You need his pass coverage underneath against Hurst and against their running backs and things like that, right? You need all hands on deck in the pass coverage part of the game this weekend because Burrow is going to spread it around to a whole bunch of guys. And who knows when Casey Hayward is going to be back. This feels like one of those things with shoulder surgery. We might not see him until, you know, what, maybe the last few games of the season. This could be one of those week 12, 13, 14 types of things before we see Casey Hayward. It's going to be a lot of pressure on, on AJ Terrell one to be able to, now you got to man up and now you got to cover the best guy. And now you have to make sure your side of the football field is taken care of. Because again, I we'll see how Darren Hall plays, but he was one of those draft picks from last year. And he started getting mixed up in the group of the Fabian Moreau's and the Eric Harris and the Deron Harmon's and all these jamokes that were out there running around last year. So a lot of pressure on their secondary. And again, boy, if they're without Casey Hayward and Michael Walker this week, that's going to put a lot of pressure on your safeties to come up and cover on Darren Hall, on Isaiah Oliver, on D Alford. You know, we'll see if they, if Darren Hall does not play well, it'll be interesting to see if they don't move Isaiah Oliver back outside. Right. Remember, former second-round pick. He was your starting number two corner for the first several years of his first handful of years in his career. He was your number two corner. Didn't exactly light the world up. You know, that's why I used to call him 26 on my on my show. He had to earn his name back. But it's going to be a lot of pressure on the secondary. And the Hayward injury and the unknown status of Michael Walker really means that coming up this weekend, Falcons are going to have to find a way to have all hands on deck because Burrow will definitely spread the football around. Right, I want to remind you, we also thank you for, I should say, making Locked On uh, Sports Atlanta your first listen every day. But also make sure you check out our NFL key predictions every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. Look, Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including the Sunday and Monday night games. Plus, you get betting advice from the field's leading experts from Bet Online. So I want you to follow NFL key predictions every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. It's available for free on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts from. So I saw an interesting tweet yesterday from NFL writer for ESPN, Mike Clay. I believe he's from uh, ESPN. Uh, yes, ESPN writer Mike Clay. He's uh, at Mike Clay NFL, C-L-A-Y, at Mike Clay NFL. He put out a tweet yesterday that ranked the strength of schedule for NFL teams for the remaining games, okay? Took all the remaining games, and here's what he says. Rest of NFL season strength of schedule based on my current evaluation of each team. So you look around, he's got the Bears and Cleveland and the Jets with the three hardest schedules left in the NFL. But the fascinating part was who came in at number one. He's got the Atlanta Falcons. So the rest of their schedule, the way it goes, starting with week seven at Cincinnati, then home with Carolina, home with the Chargers. Week 10 is the Thursday night game in Carolina. Chicago at home, at Washington, home with Pittsburgh, the bye week. And then at New Orleans, at Baltimore, home with Arizona, home with Tampa Bay. Now, thankfully for you all that watch and listen to this program, 
I told you about this a couple of weeks ago that the schedule really opens up for the Atlanta Falcons. Now here's an NFL writer kind of confirming some of that. Now, interesting that Philadelphia, Baltimore, Dallas, Tampa comes in at fifth. Uh, New Orleans comes in at ninth as far as easiest schedules go. And part of that is, let's face it, all the overlap that you have with the NFL schedule, right? I mean, the schedule that the Falcons play is pretty close to the schedule that the Buccaneers and the Saints are going to play, right? You're going to have a lot of those same kinds of games that are going to be played between three teams, right? Because you're going to play all the same teams in one AFC division. You obviously have your interdivision games, and then you play one division in the NFC, right? So you have a lot of overlap. You really only have two or three games that are sort of, quote-unquote, wild card games that are available based upon where you were seated in the division last year. But look, this is what we've talked about. Now, again, doesn't guarantee anything. I don't know what it's going to mean at the end, but it is interesting because we said this a few weeks ago that, hey, look, the schedule really does open up. And I think that there is an absolutely good chance to go up and win in Cincinnati this weekend. I, I really believe that they have a good shot. That offensive line is bad. If they can cover some of their guys, I think we can score on their defense. You know, the Bengals are averaging about four points a game less than they were last year. They're giving up about a field goal less. So defensively, they're about a field goal better per game points wise, but they're also scoring four points a game less. You know, they're more in that 24 point range than they were last year where they were pushing toward, you know, four touchdowns a game in that 28 point range. So I think there's a lot to like about the Falcons and where they are and what their identity is. But again, you get through this week, Carolina, Chicago, a Thursday in Carolina, Pittsburgh, those teams are all bad. You know, did y'all watch that Thursday night game from last week with Chicago and Washington? I mean, that game set football back 75 years. It that If they had to play that game over, they should make them wear leather helmets and put it in black and white. That's how bad that Thursday night game is. Well, those are two teams that the Falcons are going to see. Now, again, in the NFL, it doesn't mean anything, right? Falcons could go out and beat the best team in the NFL and lose to the worst team. That's the NFL. Games are not, you know, that far apart in the NFL. But the fact of, you know, the Falcons playing so many one-score games and being able to keep things close, although they kicked the crap out of the San Francisco 49ers last week, when you look at this schedule, you know, there's a lot of hay to be had. Now, the last four weeks of the season will be very interesting because, look, at New Orleans, are they fighting for a playoff spot? At Baltimore, are they fighting for the division at that point? Arizona, are they fighting for a playoff spot? Tampa Bay, are they fighting for a playoff spot? You know, you have four teams at the end of the schedule after the bye week that could very well be in playoff mode unless, you know, the Saints may implode But by the time we get to that game. But again, going down to New Orleans, that's always a swing game. I don't care if the Falcons are 14-0 and and the Saints are 0-14. You know as well as I do. That's all, Those are always swing. Falcons and, and Saints, the record, when they, when they say the record doesn't really matter, that's true about the Falcons and Saints. There's always weird things that happen in Falcons and Saints games. So, you know, it could be that we face four teams that are very much fighting in playoff mode coming up the end of the season. So if the Falcons are really going to get on any kind of streak, and if we're going to talk about trying to accumulate wins, I know there are some folks out there that don't want to believe that this team wants to win or they should tank or this. Any other. I've told y'all they want to win. 
Arthur Smith wants to win. Okay, you can say that the season doesn't matter about wins. It does when you're a head coach in the NFL. The season absolutely matters from a wins and losses perspective. Because let me tell you, 2-15, and 15, I don't care if you are in rebuild mode, 2-15 and 15 is going to get you on a hot seat. People are going to start to question about what the direction of your franchise is. 2-15 and 15 is 2-15. and 15. As Bill Parcells said, you are what your record is. So this team is absolutely in, we want to win games now. They brought in pieces and made moves to win games now. They weren't trying to just rebuild. They were trying to rebuild. You'd play a rookie quarterback. You'd run Ritter out there and just let him go do his thing. But they gave Mariota two years, and they're going to start him every game because they believe in him to help them, and they think he's the best option to help them win games. So it really does open up for the Falcons with Cincy, Carolina, even the Chargers, right? The Chargers had to hang on for dear life on Monday night. They had to have their one-legged kicker go out there and win them a game against a team that, in all honesty, probably is going to fire their head coach here in the next couple of few weeks. I don't think that, you know, Hackett's going to make it very much longer. Nepotism there, right? But I don't think he's going to make it much longer in the NFL with how bad they've played and Russell Wilson and everything. So, look, you have a chance to win some games over the next handful of weeks. And we've talked about that, the way the culture and the identity. And, and the culture thing, by the way, culture is building what your playing personality is. If I can steal a line from my buddy Bo Bach, what your playing personality is, okay? Not what your bumper sticker slogans are, not what your campaign speeches are, not your phony, fake, rah-rah, you know, collegiate atmosphere moments, the Bears loose, Hunger Games index, do right longer, embrace the suck, right? Take away all the bumper sticker. That's not even saying brotherhood. Brotherhood is not culture. Culture is we line up, we come out there, we mash you, we run the football down your throat. We're tough. We're physical. We're our offensive line, which has been outstanding this year, all the metrics point to how good their offensive line has been this year. That's what our culture is. We're not going to turn the football over. We're not going to put it in harm's way. And we're going to play outstanding defense. That's culture. Not the Bears loose, do right longer, and this, that, and the other. So we'll see if Mike Clay's, you know, projection does come out to be true. But here's another guy in the NFL talking about, hey, things kind of open up. And right now, the idea that the Falcons, who we would have never thought going into the season that at some point we would say the Falcons have the easiest remaining schedule. We would probably have never thought that at any point, but here we are, and guys like Mike Clay are tweeting about it. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. want you to make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Mark's talking all things sports here in the city of Atlanta. Check him out. He's free and available on our YouTube page at Locked on Sports Atlanta. When you get there, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Don't forget, we are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Check us out for free. Hit that five-star review button. Also, Roku, Amazon Fire. I know a lot of folks use those platforms. Guess what? You can find us there as well. Check us out. Roku and Amazon Fire, we're available now. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.